Good morning, Northridge. How are you guys? Yay. So glad you all are here. My name is Pete. I'm one of the pastors here at Northridge. I want to welcome those of you that are watching online, those of you that uh, might be at Grozeal or Brighton. We're so glad that uh, you guys are with us as well. Thank you all for braving the snowstorm to be here. I know it's not a snowstorm to you guys, but it's a snowstorm to me. Big time, but I made it. I only ran through one red light because uh, I couldn't stop. But other than that, I made it uh, safely, and I got to use that little stick thing in the back seat with the brush on it, to, you know, whatever that's called. Uh, I wondered if it's always in the back of the rental car. I'm like, what's that for? Now I know. Uh, it brushes the snow off. So anyway, it's great. Uh, I, I, actually, I love snow, and I think it's a blast, and what a fun way to kind of kick off the new year. So let me tell you about a couple things before we jump in uh, to today's message. Uh, beginning of a new year, all kinds of incredible opportunities for you guys here at Northridge to get plugged in. Um, it, we're still in this really weird season, right, where most of our groups are having to meet virtually. Uh, but I really want to encourage you not to let that keep you. Don't let that be the barrier that keeps you from getting connected in 2021. If you go to northridgechurch.com slash virtual groups, you'll see dozens and dozens of different incredible ways that you can get connected. Men's groups, women's groups, care groups, connect groups, all kinds of different studies, um, different things you can connect over. And it's just such an important part of how we grow together in these smaller groups. Weekend is so important, what we do here, and we worship together, and we look at God's Word together. But those smaller settings where it's a little more life on life, even though these days it's virtual, we still hear just hundreds of different stories throughout this past year of how people have connected and grown and their life has been impacted by that. So I really want to encourage you, if you're not connected here at Northridge, to go online, look at all those different offerings and connect to that. Uh, and it really fits in kind of what, with what we're talking about as we kick off this new year. We're starting this series called Wide Awake. We actually technically started it last week, uh, but I want to do some review to kind of help you kind of catch on to where we've been. The idea behind this series is what would it look like in 2021 if we were to live wide awake to God's presence in our life? And it's a really important topic. A couple weeks ago, uh, I was meeting with Pastor Brad and a couple of the other pastors who are going to be speaking in this series. And Brad mentioned, you know, our part of our vision here at Northridge is to uh, help wake up the world to Jesus. And, and there, there's an assumption, Pastor Brad said, in that statement. And the assumption is, if we're going to help wake the world up to Jesus, the assumption is that we're already awake to Jesus, that we're aware of his work in our lives and we're aware of his presence in our lives. And that's really true. Like, we, we've got to be awake if we want to at all be any part of helping God wake up the world 
to Jesus. And we kind of kicked this series off last week. I shared this quote with you from Elizabeth Barrett Browning. She said, earth crammed with heaven and every common bush of fire with God, but only he who sees takes off his shoes. And she's obviously referencing the story in the Old Testament where Moses is there with the burning bush. And we talked a little bit about this last week, but there's this moment where God appears to Moses in the burning bush and he has this, you know, takes his sandals off because he realizes that he's in the presence of God. And a lot of people think that's really kind of as far as that story goes, it's kind of this really neat, unique moment where there's a bush that's on fire, but it's not burning up. And Moses realizes that he's on holy ground and he takes his sandals off. But in reality, What's happening, I believe, for Moses is he's realizing that all the ground's holy. He's realizing God's been there all along. And as we go through life, we've got to wake up to this reality that God's with us and he's inviting us into this life where we're with him every step of the way. And so last week we talked about there's some different approaches in the way that you can kind of approach your relationship with God. Some people approach it as life from God. And if this is you, um, life from God primarily revolves around you only think about God. You only factor him into your life when you need something from him. Right. So your prayer life soars when you're sick. Your prayer life soars when something's going wrong at work. Your prayer life soars when it feels like your marriage is on the rocks. Like whenever you feel desperate, all of a sudden you think about God a lot. Now, if you don't need anything and life's going great, you just like God's not even factored into the equation of your life. You're not thinking about him. You're not praying. You're like you're just kind of on on, you know, just just cruising. Right. That's life from God. You view God kind of as a cosmic vending machine. Then there's life over God. This is kind of the strictly intellectual approach to God where you exchange any form of mystery of God for these set kind of equations where uh, you think that you know exactly what God thinks and feels about every single situation. It's kind of actually you're more in control than God is. Life over God, life under God is kind of a, would be a form of legalism. If this is you, you just have a tremendous fear that you're not doing enough. If this is you, you, you know, you're the kind of person that's like, you, you just feel like God doesn't love you. God hasn't really forgiven you because you haven't dotted all the I's and crossed all the T's. And so you're just scrambling in your whole life. You figured that you had to earn your parents' love. You had to earn your good grades. You had to earn the paycheck. And so you just assume that you have to also like earn God's love. And you're chasing after something and you've yet to realize that what you're chasing after has actually been yours the whole time. All right, that's life under God. But then there's life with God. And we kind of talked about last week that the Bible's full of story after story where God invites people to do life with him. There's Adam and Eve in their garden, and we read this kind of remarkable little phrase that they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And we get this idea that somehow Adam and Eve would just walk in the garden with God, that God creates this garden environment to just be with Adam and Eve. He wanted to be with us. And we read that God is with Abraham and he's with Isaac. And then we get to the story of Joseph and we read specifically that God was with Joseph when he was in slavery and God was with Joseph when he was in prison. And now all of a sudden, God's not just with us in the garden, but he's with us when things are really difficult. And we begin to discover that this with God life can happen in any circumstance. It can happen in years like 2020 
where it feels like everything's going wrong, we're still invited to live life with God. It's the kind of God that we have. Jesus comes along and he says, I'm the vine and you're the branch. And if a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. But apart from me, he said, you can do, remember the word? Nothing. It's like all of life is about you just staying connected to me. I think that's interesting because we're going into a new year, right? Where a lot of you have some great goals. You have some ambitions. You have some dreams. You have some things that you would like to see happen in this next year. That's awesome. But our job, our primary job is not to do amazing things in 2021. Our primary job is just to stay connected to Jesus. That's what the scripture says. Just abide, remain with, do life with Jesus. And then the amazing things are just kind of an overflow of that. So last year, we, or last week, we kind of laid out, it was last year too, wasn't it? Uh, last week, we kind of laid out this whole goal of what if we went in with this intention in 2021 of how many moments of my life can I fill with the conscious awareness of God's presence? Like what if you just kind of made that your goal? You're going into a new year and I just want to live my life in such a way of how many of my moments how many of my minutes? I think there's 1,440 minutes in a day, if my math's correct. Right? How many of those minutes can I live in just conscious awareness of God's presence around me? What would that look like? And I think it's really important because I, 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 think, I think back over this past year, and I, I know it's, we're all kind of tired of talking about it, and it's a huge understatement for me to say last year was just weird and in a lot of different ways, terrible and awful. And so many um, just unpredictable things that happened in 2020. And yet at the same time, I think if we're honest, they're also not that surprising. I mean, we live in a broken world and Jesus said it's gonna rain on the just and the unjust. And so when we think back over 2020, we think about pandemics and we think about financial crises and we think about blatant racism we think about all these different events and things that we experienced and we saw and we went through. While they're not acceptable, they're really not that surprising living in this broken world. What was surprising to me, though, if I'm honest with you, was my reaction and a lot of other people's reaction who claim to be followers of Jesus, how we reacted to so many of the different events in 2020. Like, and I think this is important, right? Before we go into a new year, let's just pause for a second and kind of look back and reflect on our own personal growth. Like, do you like the person you're becoming? Like, really, do you like the person you're becoming? When you think back on last year and you think about pandemics and you think about politics, when you think about um, the racism that we had to kind of come face to face with that still exists in our country, when you think about so many of the things we went through in 2020, and you think about who you've become through those experiences, how you responded to those experiences, do you like the way you responded? Do you like who you're becoming? Just going through a couple categories, when you think back through 2020 and the way you responded, to pandemics and politics and racism, do you feel like over the past year you developed a more loving heart or a more revengeful heart? Just when you kind of think over the past year, do you feel as you look back that as 2020 progressed, you developed a more joyful mindset or did you develop a more despairing mindset 
despair just being, uh, we talked a little bit about this last week, this feeling that tomorrow's not going to be any better than today. Right, it's just, that's all despair is. It's just like, it's not going to get any better than this. Like it's, you know, it, it's, the, it's the loss of hope. When you think back over the past year, did you have a more peaceful spirit that developed in you over the course of the year? Or was it a more stressed out spirit? Was it a more patient spirit developing in you? Or was it a more frantic spirit as you watched events unfold day after day after day? Do you like who you're becoming? When you look back over the past year, do you feel like you're more aware of God's presence in your life and his love and his joy and his peace and his patience and his kindness and his goodness? Or do you feel like you've drifted away from that? That's why I think stating this intention that we want to go into a new year living wide awake to God's presence is so incredibly important. And the temptation right now, as you do a little self-review on last year, is to beat yourself up, right? And say, ah, oh, you're right. Ah, oh, pastor, you're right. Oh, I." Yeah, I did not become more loving and more peaceful and more patient last year. I didn't. Like, I, I am going to try harder. Like, this new year, yep, I am going to try harder. I'm going to work harder. I'm going to work longer. I'm going to get myself in spiritual shape. I'm going to do everything I got to do to make sure I become that, that person, a more loving, a more peaceful, more patient person. We most always kind of get into the stance of, I've got to work harder and I've got to work longer. We almost always drift towards moralism. We almost always drift towards um, outside of Christianity. People would call this behavioral modification. But for all the focused effort that religion has put on behavioral modification, let's be honest and say really very little has actually been modified. This isn't a you got to work harder thing. This isn't a you got to try harder thing. If you really want to develop peace and patience and kindness and joy as we go into 2021, it has everything to do with our ability to stay connected to Jesus from moment to moment to moment. Your main job going into a new year is not to do amazing things. Your main job is to stay connected to the one who can do amazing things through you, to live life with God. That's the invitation. So I want to just today, uh, not a lot of information. I just want to kind of paint a picture for you of what this with God life could look like. And then over the next several weeks, there's going to be different speakers, different people. We're going to try to unpack more of this for you and help you begin to understand in a very practical way what it looks like to live this with God life. But I just want to kind of paint a little bit of a picture for you. And I put three things down on your outline about how to practice kind of a with God life going into 2021. And the first thing I wrote down was this. You got to look for God even in the small moments. Look for God even in the small moments. I, I think um, there's something that has trained a lot of us to only look for God on Sundays, you know, to look for God in kind of those big uh, kind of weekend worship experience or to only look for God in the... Um, bushes on fire kind of moments, right? And we forget that God is involved in every aspect of our life. I love this quote from Frederick Buechner. He said this, the question is not whether the things that happen to you are chance thing or God things, because of course, they're both at once. 
There's no chance thing through which God cannot speak. Even the walk from the house to the garage that you've walked 10,000 times before, even the moments when you cannot believe that there is a God who speaks at all anywhere. It's like all moments, right? The moments where you have tons of faith and the moments where you don't have a lot of faith. We have the ability in every single moment to live out Psalm 16:8. We sung this earlier. I have set the Lord always before me, right? This is what you have to know going into 2021. There's so much about this, this next year that's going to be unpredictable, right? If there's anything we learned in 2020, it's that life is unpredictable. So much of this life, you don't have a choice about right? You do have a choice about what you set before you. You do have a choice about where you put your mind. You do have a choice about what you focus on. And if you want to focus on politics, you can focus on politics. If you want to focus on a pandemic, you can focus on the pandemic. Or you can choose to set the Lord before you. And it doesn't mean that you ignore all the different circumstances and things that happen in your life, but it means you see them through a different filter in your life. You see them through God. I've set the Lord always before me. You're doing life with him. Little example of how this played out for me this week. Um, I was doing some work at the kitchen table and I was working on this message. I was working on a couple other things. And I just had one of those moments where uh, I tend to compartmentalize a lot of things in my life. That's how I kind of deal with stuff. But every once in a while, those compartments kind of like just melt and all of it like floods my mind and heart at one time. And I just, I felt really overwhelmed. I felt real panicky. And I was like, I, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to write a message. I don't know how to organize this stuff. I got to work on this. I got to work on that. And it's all just kind of, whoosh. and I just sense God say in the middle of my panic, just, hey, Pete, slow down for just a second. All right? Just chill for just a second. You got a choice to make right now. You got some difficult stuff you got to do for the next couple hours. You can do it with me or you can do it without me. You want to do this without me? Go right ahead. And your life is going to be flooded with the fear and the worry that always accompanies you trying to do life on your own. Or you can slow down for a second and you can do this with me. And you can start by recognizing I'm a good God and I'm for you. You can start by just recognizing I've given you some gifts and abilities that's gonna help you navigate these next couple hours. You can start by just being grateful for the fact that you have work to do, that you have a job. You can do this with me or you can do it without me. And in that moment, and I get this wrong a lot, but in that moment, I feel like I got it right and I just stopped for just a second. I just said a, a simple prayer and just said, God, I don't wanna do this alone. I want to do this with you. And it didn't make the work go away, but I felt this tremendous load kind of fall off. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doing this alone. He wants to do this with me. And it's acknowledging that presence, not just in the difficult moments, right, but also in the other moments, in the joyful moments, like the sunset. You can watch a sunset and be like, yeah, that's pretty. Or you can stop and be like, wow, like, God did that. Like it's unbelievable, right, that God's in that, that he's created that. You can see God in the laughter of a child. You can see God just in, in all the little miracles that happen around us all the time that we just pass over because we just call it, oh, it's life. I was with some friends this week who just found out they're pregnant and uh, we're kind of celebrating with them. And then on the ride back, I think this was like, yeah, I think it was like Thursday night on the way back with my wife. And I was just like, that's just crazy to think about that there's a baby like 
growing inside of her right now. Like, I'm like, I don't even, I don't even know how this happens. She's like, you don't know how this happens. I'm like, no, I mean, I know how that happened, right? But like, I don't understand how this happened. I don't understand how there is a human that somehow is growing inside of her and getting all the nutrients that it needs. I don't understand how God has designed that. Like, why do we not get more freaked out about this, right? When we see somebody who's pregnant and there's a human being growing inside of them. Like, with all of our science and all of our money and all of our smarts and all of our computers, we have yet to be able to recreate that. It's like, that's a miracle. Like, God's in that. It's like just starting to live wide awake to God's presence and his activity all around us. Like, what would that look like? Back around Thanksgiving, I gave a message here where I was talking about gratitude and I told you about a new habit I'd started where I was keeping a gratitude journal every morning. I'm still doing that. Very few things have changed my perspective on 2020 more than that gratitude journal I'm doing every morning. I, I would so encourage you guys to try it. Like, Every morning, I'm just starting a day listing the things that I'm grateful for because I know what I feel entitled to, I can't be grateful for. And I'm just starting to list all these things and it's helping me live more wide awake to the reality that God is at work all around me. And I have so much to be grateful for day in and day out. So look for God, even in the small moments. Number two is step out in faith. Part of the way that we practice this with God life is learning to step out in faith. This is a passage from Hebrews chapter 11. It's kind of a famous chapter about faith. It says faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about the things that we cannot see, right? This is all about uh, the unknown. This is all about the things in your life that you hope for and you long for, but you don't know exactly how it's gonna happen, right? It says through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation by faith we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen, and it is impossible to please God without faith. It's impossible to live this life without faith and please God. This idea of faith, this concept of faith, this concept of trusting in what we have yet to see or experience is central to our relationship with God. Part of this with God life is living this life of faith and few things will press you into a with God life more than stepping out in faith. We just celebrated the Christmas story, right? At the heart of the Christmas story is this young couple, Joseph and Mary. And they get this, what honestly in the moment was disturbing news that they're gonna have a child that they didn't expect, that they're gonna move into the unknown and Mary's response to the angel. Remember her response? It was just let it be. I don't get it. I don't understand it. This isn't the way I planned it, but let it be. It's just a statement of faith. It's funny, but almost every single main character throughout all of scripture had a season where they were moving into the unknown. It's almost as if when we're moving into the unknown, we're exactly where God wants us to be. It's baked into the story, every story of transformation, a season where it's unknown and you have to surrender. Beginning of the Bible is a guy by the name of Abraham and God tells him to go to a land that he's unfamiliar with. And then there's this little phrase in the story in Genesis where it says, Abraham went. It's like, what? 
He did like he went. Yes, Abraham went. It's just a simple phrase and we tend to glance right over it, but it was a huge deal because people in that time period didn't just leave their family of origin. They didn't leave where they were from and go somewhere else. Abraham went. Why? Because God asked him to and Abraham trusted God. He went into a season of the unknown. And it was in that season that God did amazing work. That is what the with God life is, is saying yes to God, even when you don't get it. Uh, one of the things that happened to me this past year is I got to know people that I wouldn't normally have met if it hadn't been for the pandemic. Like, you know, we were quarantined a lot, stayed at home a lot. I got to know neighbors a lot more than I ever really honestly wanted to know my neighbors uh, because we're just all around so much, like all the time. Like nobody's ever even leaving, like to go to work. We're just always there. And so eventually, even if you don't like your neighbors, you get so bored of not seeing people that you'll interact with them, right? And so like we would all kind of take our lawn chairs in the evening and just sit them out in the street in the summer and Everybody's social distance, but we're, we're talking more than we've ever talked. And one of the things I picked up on is just how spiritually lost a lot of the people in my life were. I mean, no foundation open to spiritual things, but really very lost. And then in the middle of all that, uh, there's a girl that's been cutting my hair. Her name's Melissa. She's cut my hair for like maybe a year. And uh, one day we're talking and she asked me, uh, what do you do? And I'm like, ah. I, I'll be honest, I hate it when people ask me that question. I, honestly, I'm so tempted to lie almost every time because you just don't know what the reaction is going to be. And sometimes people just get weirded out by pastors. And it feels nice when you're just having a normal conversation with somebody. And as soon as they find out you're, it just change, it gets weird real fast. So she asked, what do, what do I do? And I was like, ah, I'm a pastor. And uh, she didn't say anything, which I knew. Like, that's what either people like start confessing sin right away or they don't say anything at all, right? And she says nothing at all. I'm like, this is not good. And it somehow it comes back around to it and we start talking about church. She's like, I've never been to church. I said, really? Like, you mean like you haven't been to church lately? She's like, nope, I've never been to church. I'm like, like you haven't been to church since you were a kid, right? She's like, no, I have never been like one time. I'm like, really? Like, that's just fascinating to me. I just want to grab her by the hand and take her to church just to experience it one time. She's like, I've never been. I'm like, huh, it's interesting. So we have, you know, a few more conversations about this, but I'm only seeing her like once a month, right? That, that. So it's hard to get any kind of traction. And so I'm having these conversations with neighbors. I'm having this conversation with Melissa who, you know, again, they're all open to spiritual things, but they're, they're not really interested in going to church. And I start thinking about how, how could I have these conversations with them more often? And my wife and I are praying about this and we're trying to figure it out. And I've been watching Pastor Brad, you know, he does these Thursday night lives, does on Facebook and YouTube. And I, I see a lot of you guys on there and he starts that back this Thursday night, by the way. And they've been fantastic for me, just encouraging just Pastor Brad being very down to earth and talking about life and encouragement and scripture and prayer. And I was like, that, that's like something like that might be really helpful for, for these people in my life. I'm like, what if my wife and I are like, what if we start a podcast? I'm like, I don't honestly know what a podcast is. I don't really listen to many. Pod- I've listened to like one or two podcasts in my whole life, but I'm like, I, we could do that. Like for, you know, 25 bucks, you can pick up a cheap microphone and a little recorder and we could, we could do a podcast where we, we just sit around and very casually just talk about life and spirituality and pop culture and just, what if we did that? 
and then we'll record it and we'll also put it on YouTube because some people apparently like to watch videos and not just listen to this stuff. And so we do that. It's like, let's try it. And honestly, almost nothing comes out of this for like weeks. It's like, it's so boring, honestly, recording a podcast because you're just sitting there in your living room talking to a microphone like this, but there's no people there. So it's just like going nowhere at all. And, uh, but we keep doing it every week. Like, let's just keep doing this. We just felt led to do this. We'll, we'll see what happens with it. One day, this is like uh, about six weeks ago, I go in to get my hair cut and I sit down and Melissa says, the strangest thing happened this morning. I was like, what happened? She's like, my kids were on YouTube while I was getting ready for work this morning. And somehow a video of you and your wife popped up on YouTube. I was like, I really right then wanted to freak her out and just say, yeah, we did that for you, right? But I didn't. I was like, I got to play it cool here. Although I was really excited. And I'm like, I'm sitting there and she's talking about it. And I, I quit. She only like, she watched it for like 90 seconds, uh, which wasn't real encouraging, to be honest. But I, I'm like, hey, if somehow God got that in front of her in that moment, like, I trust him. Like, he's got this, right? He's got her. Uh, it's clear that God loves her and has a plan for her life. And like, I'm just going to keep saying yes. And I'm going to keep having conversations and I'm going to trust him and what he does there. But, but I'm just telling you, when you say yes to God, even when it doesn't make sense, cool things start to happen. I don't know if you listened to last week's message, but I interviewed Pastor Paul Black. And uh, a lot of you know, Pastor Paul is just such a great dude. And I could have talked to him for hours because he has story after story after story where he has said yes to God, God prompting him to go across the street and pray for his neighbors and crazy things happen or a woman that he met on the beach that, you know, he spoke. It's just like, it's, it's amazing what can happen in your life when you just say yes to God. And when you step out in faith and you trust him, You lean into him, you feel him, you experience him in a way that no message could ever do for you, right? No sermon could ever create this connection between you and God like the connection that's created when you step out in faith and you trust him in some area of your life that absolutely scares you to death. And that's my prayer for you in this next year is there'll be some moment, some experience where you step out and you trust God in some area of your life that absolutely scares you to death. All right, third one. We'll wrap up with this one. A third way that we can practice the with God life is don't mislabel your entire life as coincidence. All right, don't mislabel it. Now, I want to say a a little precursor here. I grew up in a very, very conservative Christian home. I mean, honestly, it's a little crazy conservative. Like, I grew up in in a... I guess you'd call it a religion where like women weren't allowed to wear pants and we weren't allowed to go to movies that was like wrong and and evil and um, you couldn't, like they had rules like, not only to have like rules against alcohol, you weren't allowed to work in a grocery store that sold alcohol. I call them fence laws. They created fence laws to keep you away from breaking other laws. Anyway, it was, it was kind of nuts. I grew up in that. I'm grateful for a lot of the foundation I got from that. But one of the things that was impressed on me growing up was that God could only speak through his word, through the Bible. And I do, I firmly believe that God primarily speaks through his word, the 66 books of the Old and New Testament. And if you ever sense that God's calling you to do something that contradicts his word, I would encourage you, don't do that, right? You're you're hearing that wrong or that's not coming from him. 
But one of the downsides of what I grew up in was that they never really taught you to live wide awake. They never really taught you that maybe God could also, in addition to speaking to his word, be speaking to you through other people and through circumstances and through events. So what we did is we labeled everything as a coincidence. And as I've grown and I've kind of matured in my faith, I've begun to see that actually God's at work all around me. There's this awesome verse. This is 1 Corinthians 2. It says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. It's this awesome verse where it just says, hey, listen, sometimes God's going to blow your mind because he's constantly at work in you, through you, and all around you. But you have to open up your eyes to see it and experience it. And I think this happens in lots of different ways. But one of the big shifts for me, even in 2020, was I stopped looking at life as if it's happening to me. And I started to look at life as if it's happening for me. Like all of it. Right? It, it, 2020 wasn't something that happened to me. 2020 is something that happened for me. And while I wouldn't have written that year in that way, man, there's so many things that I learned, so many years in my life that I grew that I could not have any other way. It happened for me. I needed a wake-up call in several different areas of my life that came about the, from the events of 2020. I have a God that is for me. So what if God isn't doing something to you right now? What if God's doing something for you? What if God really is a friendly God, right? That's for you, that's on your side. What if you started to view life in that way? What would that look like? When I was growing up, I had a teacher, uh, Miss Wilkerson, and this was sixth grade. I struggled in school. I struggled like in elementary school and high school. I struggled in college. I struggled in seminary. I wasn't a good student. My mind just doesn't work the way traditional minds work. It has a hard time retaining things. And um, so I just struggled in school. But I'll never forget this day in sixth grade. I'm taking this test and I'm bombing it. Like I am truly, I'm completely lost in the midst of this test. And Miss Wilkerson was one of those teachers that would walk the, the aisle while you're taking a test. I don't know, like those of you teachers, are you doing that to like try to catch this cheating? I don't, I don't know what the deal is, but she would walk the aisles. And uh, she's walking towards me and I look up at her and her eyes meet. And I think she just saw the absolute fear in my eyes. She knew how lost and terrified I was in the middle of this test. And she just winks at me. And it was one of those moments, I'll never forget this. Like in that moment, what I felt was, wow, Miss Wilkerson, she's for me, right? She's, she's, she is on my side. She wants me to do well. She thinks that I've got this. Now I didn't have this and I totally bombed that test, right? I did, but in that moment, what I felt from her was, hey, it's gonna be okay. It's so funny now, I've, I've had the opportunity to travel like all over the world and I've been to these places and these villages where they've never seen a white person before. And you walk into these places and, and all these kids come out because they just want to see, right? They're like, who is this? What is this? And you can see the fear in those kids' eyes. But no matter where I've been anywhere in the world with any kid that speaks any language, if you make eye contact with them and just wink, it's like in that moment, they just relax. They're like, oh, okay, this guy's not an enemy. This guy's for me. This guy's on my side. This guy wants good things to happen, right? It's just, it just levels the playing field. 
Uh, there's, a, there's a guy uh, by the name of Squire Rushnell. He wrote a book called God Winks. And I'll be honest with you and say I've never, I've never read the book. Um, but I like the premise of the book. And the premise of the book that he writes about is just story after story where he reminds us that we have this God who's intimately involved with our life. And that what if this God of the universe who loves you and is for you is sending you different personal messages throughout your life, just communicating, hey, I'm for you. I'm with you. It's going to be okay. But these are often experiences that we just label as coincidence, right? And so I've been trying so hard to just kind of live wide awake. And listen, some of these are small moments that some of you, like I'll give you an example. Uh, yesterday, I pull into the parking garage uh, at the airport and I'm bummed. I'm bummed because it's in the Christmas break, right? And uh, I'm excited to see you guys, but it's kind of back to work. My kids go back to uh, school tomorrow. And I'm just like, ah, man, it's been such a great Christmas break. I'm, I hate that my kids are going back to school. I hate that life's getting back to normal. Like, I'm, I'm just, I'm bummed and I'm kind of sad. And I'm getting out of the car and there's a receipt that I left in my seat that I see. I just pick up the receipt because I'm like, what, what is this? And it was a receipt from earlier in the week. I'd taken uh, my boy skiing for a day. Just a day as a day trip. But man, and if you have teenage kids, you know that these days are few and far between. It was a day where we just connected and everybody got along and we laughed together and we told jokes together. And it was just, it was an awesome day. And I look at that receipt and I just sense God saying, hey, Pete, that was a great day. That was a memory your kids aren't going to forget. That's a memory you're not going to forget. And guess what? You're going to get a chance to create more memories like that with them in the future. It's okay. I got it. I got it. And I just look at the receipt. I'm like, yeah, that to me, that's a God wink, right? I could just write that off as a chance that I'm kind of a dirty person and left a receipt in my seat in the car, or I can choose to believe that I have a God that's for me. Those are small moments. There's also big moments. Several years ago, I was on a cruise uh, that it wasn't even a vacation. It was work, believe it or not, that there was a conference on this cruise ship and they invited me to come speak. It wasn't even a Christian conference, but they wanted to have some kind of spiritual speaker be a part of it. And so there's this cruise ship, let's say there's 2000 people on this boat, probably three to 500 of them are part of the conference. Everybody else is just there to party or whatever, right? And so, um, you know, it's like a normal cruise during the day and then at night you'd have these sessions that people would go to to learn and improve and be better and all that stuff. So uh, I'm on this cruise ship. I had lost my key. I went to my room. I couldn't get in my room because I lost my key. And so I, I'm tracing back my steps to figure out where I lost this key. And I remember I'd been at this coffee bar that was kind of on the second floor. So I go back there. My key was there, by the way, in case any of you care. But um, I go back there. I'm standing in line. I ask them, hey, did I leave my key here? And um, there's a lady in front of me and she keeps kind of turning around. She's looking at me weird. I'm like, she's weird. That's weird. Like, but she's kind of, you know, giving me the, just a weird look. Like, do I know you? And, and my thought was she's probably here and a part of that conference. And she saw me speak and she's trying to figure out, is that the same guy? Because people say on stage, I look tall, but in reality, I'm very short. So I'm like, she's just confused right now. So, um, eventually she gets up to courage. She says, is, is your name Pete? I'm like, yep, I'm Pete. She's, um, I said, do you, uh, are you here for the conference? She's like, no, I'm not here for the conference. And now I'm thinking that is really weird. She knows who I am and she's not here for this conference. She says, um, I'm going through a really bad divorce 
and some girlfriends of mine got together and they bought me a ticket to go on this cruise because they thought I needed to get away for a few days and think through some stuff. And they also gave me like a $50 gift certificate to the Christian bookstore. And they told me before I get on the cruise, I should go to the Christian bookstore and buy some books to read while I'm on the cruise. And one of the books that I bought was your book. She said, I've been sitting by the pool all day reading your book and I noticed your picture from the back of the book. Now, to help you understand how crazy that story is, like that book only sold like three copies, all right? <laughs> and one was my mom, right? So this isn't like a national bestseller, Rick Warren, purpose-driven life kind of book, right? I mean, the math on this does not add up that this woman and I are standing in line at a coffee bar in the middle of international waters while she's going through an incredibly difficult time and needed to be reminded that God loves her and has a plan for her life. And we connect out in the middle of nowhere. Can you imagine what she felt that night while she's laying down to sleep? She's like, that was a big God wink, right? You know how I felt? I felt like it was more for me than it was for her, that God is at work in our lives. And what we have to work hard to do is not only open our eyes to God at work around us, we have to find ways to record this and remember this. I'm not leaving, don't worry. Uh, some of you are like, I wish that dude would leave. But instead, don't I look like a magician with this? I'm not. Have you all heard of a swear jar? It's what like your parents would make you like if you said a bad word or something they thought was bad, you had to put a quarter in the jar, right? So this is, this is my swear jar from 2020. That dollar bill, that was a bad day, all right? Um, ironically, backstage, I found Pastor Brad's swear jar from last year. <laughs> That's, that's fun. Thank you. I think that's funny. I just want to soak that moment in for a second. I'm so proud of myself. That's funny. But uh, the creative team actually had this idea of like, like not of the swear jar, but of like, it's, it's the same concept of a swear jar, except for with a little twist. And that is when you experience these God wink moments, what if you just wrote those down and put them in a jar? And, you know, every couple months or every whenever you need it, Right? You just kind of dump these out on your kitchen table and maybe you or maybe you and your family just kind of read through them. It's like, it's like, here's the thing, y'all. You have to find ways to celebrate God's faithfulness in your past or you're never going to trust Him with your future. See, some of you have not been collecting the God wink moments. You haven't been recording God's faithfulness in your past. And so it's like every day is this day where you wake up and you're on shaky ground because you don't know if God knows or God feels or God sees or God cares about your life. Even though the history of your life is proof that God has been with you every step of the way, that you have survived all kinds of things that you thought were unsurvivable. You can't, you don't have that pool. You don't have that bank to pull those thoughts and those memories from. So we have to find these ways that we remember and we celebrate God's faithfulness in our past. We're never going to trust him with our future. And so I just want to encourage you as we go into this new year, like what if this new year is just different than any other year? 
not because you're going to go into this year and you're going to lose a couple pounds, although if you want to lose a couple pounds, I hope you do. Not because you're going to go into this year and you're going to get a raise at work, although if you need a raise at work, I hope you get a raise at work. This next year could be completely different, not because you finally meet that special someone, although if you want to meet a special someone, I hope you do. I think this year could be fundamentally different than any other year you've experienced because you choose to live wide awake. You choose to set the Lord before you. You choose to understand that we have a good God. He's not doing something to you, but maybe he is doing something for you. And you begin to live wide awake to his presence. We're going to talk over the next couple of weeks about kind of what this looks like in a very practical way, how we set the Lord before us, how we live this with God life. But it all starts with just a personal relationship with him. And if you're here today or you're watching this and you've never trusted in Jesus for your salvation, man, I can't think of a better way for you to start this year, right? Just sitting wherever you might be sitting at whatever location, maybe in your home, wherever, right now, you could just simply say in your heart, God, I want to do life with you. And I'm going to ask what your son Jesus did on the cross to be applied to my life be applied to my sin. I want to experience forgiveness through you. I want to make you the Lord of my life. And that very simple declaration, that simple statement is where it all begins. It's where it all begins. If that's you today, if you want to make that declaration, you want to make that statement in your heart, we would love to come alongside you and encourage you. Uh, you can just text the word Northridge to 313131. And uh, we'll get you some information and some encouragement along the way. For those of you who have already made that declaration in your heart, um, let's make another declaration. And that is that we're going to go into this next year to try to see how many moments we can be consciously aware of God's presence all around us. Heavenly Father, thank you so much uh, for this day. Thank you for a beautiful morning full of snow. God, we thank you for a new year that in our culture represents new beginnings. And while we know that your mercies are new every morning, there is something special about going into a new year where we get to set new intentions. And God, I'm sure there's lots of great intentions and goals and ambitions being set for this next year, but I think one of the most important that we can put before us is that we're gonna set you before us every step of the way that we want to live consciously aware of your presence in our life, that we want to look to your word, we want to look to worship, we want to look to you all around us, God, to guide us, to lead us, to shape us, to form us. God, I pray that we can live wide awake to who you are, to what you're doing, to your activity in our life and in this world. For it's in your holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Hey, thank you guys so much. Hope you have an awesome week and we'll see you back here next weekend. God bless.